Hello, and welcome to the first installment of The Calling. I'm Greg DeLaPay. I've begun this endeavor because after a long journey of my own efforts to obtain knowledge, I feel that another channel of access to information which can be tested through direct experience and which moves deeper than the, oh, the status quo or the mainstream level of knowledge the kinds of things that we are indoctrinated into as children and through the educational system and through um, various types of media, science, uh, and all sorts of ways that information is disseminated and people are informed at whatever level. This is, for me, a way to uh, move beyond that and provide a gateway or portal to other systems of knowledge which can help us to be more aware, to develop our awareness. Um, And so by doing this, I'm providing another channel, basically, for people to um, come across new forms of information uh, in the form of digital media, uh, because not everybody comes to uh, new ideas and new ways of thinking automatically. Different people come across things in different ways, and different people learn things in different ways. So in this way, I'm just providing another access channel, so to speak. And this podcast is one concerned with the nature of reality, of consciousness, and of being, of matter, of energy, and perception, along with ways to increase our awareness and our knowledge of self in relation uh, not only to others, but in terms of self-empowerment and knowledge of self. So, my approach is fairly informal and somewhat loose. I'll be incorporating uh, practice-based portions of different ways, practices, and techniques that can be taken advantage of or leveraged uh, one by one or um, in ways that you may see fit to incorporate into your Uh, daily practice or spiritual practice. So I want to incorporate equal portions of theory and practice. My story is not a flashy one. It's it's not an exciting tale, uh, per se. But I, as a child, had some experiences which were, let's say they were beyond the borders of, quote, normal, end quote, perception. Uh, I had out-of-body experiences as a child. Um, I had lucid dreams as a child. And um, it was really, there was really an event, and it's, it's oftentimes an event that occurs in someone's life uh, that drives them to push, push through in an aggressive way uh, to new levels of understanding and knowledge and experience. And that event in my life was when I was down in Texas doing some Ph.D. coursework, And my best friend, Joey, who was my dog, a Parson Russell Terrier, in Oregon. And Joey and I had spent most of our waking hours together and and our sleeping times um, because I had been in school previously to going to Texas for a number of years. Not just for the credibility or the credentials of an education, but in a sense to buy myself time to not only 
do school, but to, to really delve into research and reading and doing different things that would allow me to develop myself. So in any case, what happened was I was in Texas and in um, right around uh, about a month after I had gone there, I got a call from my daughter that Joey wasn't doing well. And I had been in contact with people at home asking them to take Joey to the vet because in, uh, down in Texas, I felt that um, Joey had had some health issues previously. So um, I felt that it was important that he get taken to the vet and checked up to make sure he was okay. But that wasn't done. Um, and a number of weeks later, Shannon called me and said that Joey wasn't doing well. Um, and it turned out he had to be taken to the emergency veterinarian. And he, was, he ended up being put to sleep. Uh, this was grueling for me. This was, uh, I was grief stricken. I was, um, full of remorse. Uh, I really struggled with this. And, um, this was sort of the event that pushed me into finding ways of understanding more or gaining more knowledge about life and death and the larger reality that we exist within. Um, so I, I worked very hard at, um, and I must say probably with too much seriousness early on, but I worked very consistently, um, in one by one, adding more practices to my daily spiritual work so that I began to have more expansive experiences, uh, which again broke through barriers of perception and uh, these included out-of-body experiences, lucid dreaming, um, and things of this sort. I was doing a lot of energy work, which um, I should say that in this kind of practice, when one is seeking to um, not only gain new knowledge, but to, to develop oneself on multiple levels or on multidimensional levels, because we are multidimensional beings... It really, in a sense, requires a kind of a playful attitude. Uh, one can't do this in all seriousness, and too much seriousness can be a hindrance. Let's just say that. So that's that's kind of how I got got more and more into this work. And um, over the, over time, over the last several years, um, I've been incorporating a number of things. So what I'm going to incorporate into the podcast, The Calling, uh, are a number of traditions and practices, and they are fairly wide-ranging, and each of them offer not only, quote, theoretical, end quote, ideas, um, information and knowledge, but elements of practice and techniques that can be used to expand one's awareness and one's abilities so these, these various practices would include things like Tibetan dream yoga, um, Qigong, pranic breath, breath work, um, Indian and Tibetan yoga, various techniques for lucid dreaming, um, numerous techniques for energy work, developing a, a physical vitality, which is important and necessary, for expansive work in the dream state or in the energetic or waking state. A number of other things, 
plants and herbs, various modalities with those, various modalities with crystals, shamanic journeying. Some of what I would consider the most important literature related to this practice or my practice or what I will be including within the podcast are the Seth books as channeled by Jane Roberts through a personality essence known as Seth. Um, most of these were written back in the late 60s, uh, early to mid 70s, although there is a, an ongoing organization working with the Seth material and disseminating various uh, aspects of this information to uh, a growing audience, a number of people. Uh, the out-of-body literature has been tremendous for me. Um, I'm talking about some of the books by William Buhlman, uh, some of the books by Robert Monroe, uh, some of the, the less recent books uh, by Oliver Fox, um, and other authors. Uh, the International Academy of Consciousness in London and also in South America and other parts of the world have also had a number of people who've written tremendous books, uh, resources on the out-of-body experience and the training and techniques used in that area. Uh, a very important, uh, more ancient tradition, of course many come out of India, but um, the one that I'm thinking of is the Toltec tradition, which comes from Mexico, the land of ancient knowledge, or let's just say the land of knowledge. Ancient cultures in Mexico developed very high cultures of practitioners of energy work and consciousness. And the great thing about, or one of the great things about the Toltec tradition is that there's a wealth of information there available to us, um, but also within that information are ways to maintain a centeredness and a tracking of ourselves as human beings as we move through other levels of reality and other, other focuses of consciousness so that we're able to remain uh, on track as to our own, although our individuality is is a durable thing. We, uh, people fear, I think, on some level that at some point they're going to lose who they are. Um, that's not going to happen, but in terms of tracking oneself and maintaining a, let's say, a, a good focus of direction, the Toltec tradition is invaluable. And the Toltec tradition deals with um, aspects of the energy body and the dreaming body and moving focus of consciousness to different areas of the energy bodies and ultimately at a high level to merge the physical self with the energetic body so that one can literally move fully into other realities. Um, but that's at a very high level and that's not, at least I don't foresee that, that aspect being incorporated into this podcast, although I'm not going to impose any limitations onto us or edit anything at this point. So those are some of the traditions and practices I'll be incorporating. And this list is by no means exclusive. 
other things that may swim into view or come to light may be worthwhile in in bringing bringing into the podcast and uh, I hope that by having this somewhat expansive constellation of things to draw from that there's something that everyone can use and one can can build um, whatever size their practice wants to be um, in incorporating some of these things. I incorporate creativity and the arts into my work as a practice, much like scientists would consider their or doctors would consider their work a practice. Uh, I believe that the arts, um, being the more intuitive and subjective and less objective approach, uh, are just as valuable, if not more valuable, in gaining an understanding as to the nature of being and the nature of reality. Why is this? Because the arts um, give us the opportunity to identify with what we are observing or studying. Uh, in other words, um, it's kind of the idea of uh, gaining an understanding of something by identifying with it and intuiting with it and understanding it through direct experience rather than being objective. Because really the more objective one is, the more distanced one is from that which he is, is focused on. So uh, while there is some value in objectivity and scientific methodologies, overall in terms of um, the foundational ideas that, are, uh, that a, lot of the, a lot of the work here is going to be based on, are in a sense a camouflage. Uh, science is, is in a sense a sort of a camouflage um, level of dealing with reality. So I think it's important to mention also that a certain kind of efficiency of practice-based methodologies is valuable because at some point after trying and working on things, someone doesn't get anywhere, they can, in a sense, kind of reach a fatigue level. So I believe that by incorporating some of the practice-based uh, information in this podcast, uh, we can work together. And, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people have experiences or uh, fast-track modes of development, uh, it doesn't all happen in a, in a continuous sort of linear ongoing way. It's, it's, it often happens in a, in a psychical way where you may go for some period of time uh, and then go through another period of time where you're having a lot of experiences. Um, so we keep a certain kind of dance with it sort of uh, mentality, I guess we might say. Um, but I know that if you engage with the practices and systems uh, of applied consciousness I will present here, you too can move into experiences beyond barriers of perception and into new realms of self-empowerment and personal freedoms. So I hope that you will find this, this podcast of value in your life. Uh, as I said before, I'm going to talk about the nature of being, on the qualities of consciousness, the mobility of consciousness, and ways we can expand awareness to take advantage of our innate abilities. Creation is ongoing. It's, it's 
you know, at the root of our experience are systems of energy and consciousness. These are the basis of our perceptions and more so the basis of our realities. Um, if one thinks that uh, the only way to gain understanding is by looking at the physical aspects of the world, then one is not going to get an understanding of what is inside the physical aspects of the world, what is on a deeper level, what's in the larger reality. So our perceptive mechanisms on a conscious level tie us to notions of cause and effect because in this focus of consciousness we meet events and perceive them seemingly one after the other. Yet we live in a spacious present. Our lives are a deep motion into a moment. They're guided by our larger self, uh, what Seth, speaking through his channel Jane Roberts, calls a value climate system. I, I will speak a lot on the importance of dreams because the dream time offers us doorways into, into the larger reality uh, toward and beyond barriers of conscious perception, beyond the five senses, uh, themselves a kind of limited framework that we are, as I, as I mentioned earlier, sort of indoctrinated into throughout our lives and uh, things are re-inscripted and reinforced throughout our lives. And so in a sense, um, on some level... Mm, there's an ongoing sort of mental chatter that we want to learn to control and turn off. And so again, I welcome you to the calling. And I look forward to the forthcoming episodes and communications I may receive from you. And I will always be willing and able to respond. Uh, I, I do um, have time to consult and speak with people on a personal level and respond to emails uh, and various ways of communicating. So thanks for listening here, and I will see you again soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>